When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back with John M. Borak, the author of The Beatles 100, 100 Pivotal Moments in Beatles History. Hey, John, welcome back. Thanks. So we mentioned the Get Back documentary in our chat that has just come out, and I thought it'd be fun to ask you a few questions and hold on to your listing format in these questions. So what were your top three moments in the film? Oh, gosh, there were so many. Top three moments. Well... One of them would have to be, and, and this is in no particular order, but one of them would have to be watching Paul McCartney compose Get Back on his bass guitar, basically on the spot, just sitting there with George and Ringo watching him, yawning and looking bored. <laughs> you know, Paul just composes this song, you know, a good part of the melody, some of the lyrics, just sitting there banging away on his bass guitar. It's just incredible. He had such a capacity for just you know, doing that sort of thing. And, and it was amazing to watch. Another really powerful moment is when, you know, George leaves the band and then uh, John is supposed to come and it's going to be the three of them. And then John doesn't come, you know, John doesn't show up. He's not answering his phone. And Paul kind of sits there and says, and then there were two. And then you can see tears kind of welling up in his eyes and like, oh man, that's uh, powerful stuff. Definitely. Watching, you know, the last however many years kind of flash before Paul's eyes and thinking that this group that's, you know, been his whole life basically is, is you know, falling apart and not knowing what's going to happen. And then, of course, the third moment, I think, would be the rooftop, just seeing them up there. Yeah. yeah. Playing, having fun, you know, just running through those songs. And, and you know, it's going to be the last time they ever do that uh, as a band. And so when you hear John say, you know, I'd like to say thank you on behalf of the group and ourselves. I hope we pass the audition. You know, we've all heard that a million times at the end of Get Back on the Let It Be album. But seeing it, watching it, there's a certain something to it that this degree of finality and this is it. It it was very powerful to watch. Yeah, it really was. And uh, I'll echo your Get Back and and maybe add also Let It Be. One of the things that I was amazed at, I don't think I've ever seen the creative process in real time forth as well as those sessions you know watching them figuring out it was just amazing yeah it was incredible to you know and it was also interesting to see some of the ideas that were discarded too that they didn't use on some of the songs and then to hear a lot of the tracks that would turn out to be solo tracks for john paul and and george a couple years later right I'll give you another one. This will just show you how juvenile I am, if I might. I, I, uh, but... I know what you're going to say, and I almost brought it up, too. <laughs> Does it involve Ringo? Well, a... Does it involve Ringo? 
Oh, and there's a moment where Paul is kind of just really, you know, giving his take and doing the talking, and Ringo's on the floor next to somebody, and he just leans over to the producer and says, I fought it. Yep. And then you can see Paul take like three steps back, but continue his lecture. Right. And it was just so, so amazing. You really have to pay attention. I missed that, and I rewound it, and just, I thought it was hilarious. Oh, no. So it's, I know. It's, it's, it's you know, I, I did an article for um, the Big Takeover magazine online, and they asked me for my five, you know, favorite get back moments. And I listed that moment you mentioned as a bonus cut. Oh, it's awesome. That's perfect. He turns to George Martin and, and says that. And, and George, you know, in his gentlemanly English manner says, thank you for letting me know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, oh, you know, it, it, it humanizes them, too. You know, definitely. So that, that was fun. Well, speaking of humanizing them, who do you think came off best in the movie? Give me three. Oh, gosh. I think the person who came off best, honestly. Billy Preston. Yeah, he made my top three, too. <laughs> yeah. He was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he shows up, and the whole mood of the sessions changes. It goes from work to fun. And I don't think there was a shot of Billy Preston in that movie where he did not have a huge smile on his face. Exactly, exactly. And and then the other bit of that is as that mood changed, and because he's just a phenomenal musician, and everything came together quicker, and the vibe, and just the, the whole thing, it was amazing. Yeah, it, you know, it allowed them to stretch out a little bit, have that person there to play keyboard so that, you know, John and George and Paul could concentrate on, on their instruments. Yeah, that you know, Billy Preston, I thought, came off the best. Um, I agree. And you can see the holy crap moment in the whole band's eyes. Oh, yeah. You know, just realizing what they had there. Yeah, and and I think it was John Lennon who, who said during the movie, you're, you're giving us a lift, Bill. And, and that's what he did. That's exactly yeah, what he did, you know. I mean, listen to the solo on Don't Let Me Down, for example. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, that was just amazing to hear. And, and it was really cool. And you know, just the fact that he was such a, a genial gentleman and he just kind of showed up out of nowhere, it seemed like. You know, he just it's kind of popped in the studio and the next thing you know, you're recording with the Beatles. I mean, I'm just kind of blown away by the whole thing. Anyone else? Well, you know, <laughs> being a drummer, I'll say Ringo sort of came off well because he, you know, he doesn't complain, shows up, does his job plays with Paul's daughter, Heather, you know, and, and uh, just kind of goes and, and adds his magic to each of the tracks. And yeah, also, also in my top three. Yeah. I mean, and you can say that Paul didn't come off, you know, didn't come off good because he was so bossy and domineering, but then you have to look at it on the other hand and say, well, they might not have done this at all if it wasn't for Paul. Ringo has said this, you know, John and I would be, we'd be lying in our garden you know, doing whatever. And Paul would call and say, okay, lads, it's time to go to work. Let's make a new album. And if it wasn't for Paul, who knows what they would have done after Brian Epstein passed away. They might've just not done anything. Who knows? You know, but Paul was a taskmaster, but he was also sort of the ringleader for getting them going again. Agreed. Um, Was there anything in this movie that you learned that you did not know about the band of the record? Uh, You know, it was just interesting to me honestly, to see how many songs they did that didn't get recorded at the time. You know, I know there's hundreds of hours of, of bootlegs out there, and I, and I even have some of them, but um, there were some songs, uh, and I can't think of the titles right off the top of my head, but some that they did little snippets of where I thought, wow, that would have been a great song. That would have been a great single. Why did they not take this a little further, or why did they not revisit it on their solo album? So there were, there were moments like that I thought the whole thing was interesting in that Peter Jackson 
being, uh, you know, in part of the cinematic world and being a director. I thought he sort of, he sort of set the whole thing up perfectly, you know, knowing it's going to be eight hours long or whatever it was. Part one to me was very slow, very sort of tedious, probably a lot like how the sessions were, Hmm. you know, Paul was sort of being domineering. John looked like he didn't want to be there. He was stoned half the time. He wasn't saying much. And then part two, you know, Billy Preston shows up. The mood kind of lifts. John's joking around and making his trademark puns. Things get a little happier. Then by part three, they're getting ready to go up on the roof and they're fully engaged. And so that was cool just seeing, you know, how he sort of put that together like different scenes in a movie. Definitely. Last question. So where does the album Let It Be land for you in the Beatles catalog? And did the film change it in either direction? You know, I've always liked it more than most people who are Beatles fans. A lot of people, I feel, always kind of gave it short shrift. There's a lot of cool songs on there, and I don't consider much on there really a throwaway. You know, there's some that are maybe not their best cuts, like I Dig a Pony, but even on cuts like that. I love that song. Yeah, you've got some really great drumming by Ringo. Got some cool vocals by John on there. You've got his, you know, his lyrical wordplay, which is just kind of silly and all over the map. And, you know, so I think really every track has something to recommend it. I've always been a big fan of One After 909. Mm-hmm. Even when they, you know, demoed it in, in the early days, you know, I, I liked it then. You know, uh, I've heard that on a number of bootlegs, and I think it was on um, on the compilations that came out in the uh, 90s, the Beatles anthology. So for me, it probably falls somewhere in the middle. A lot of people talk about Sgt. Pepper, but I think there's a few songs on that album that I could, you know, do without listening to on a regular basis. And mm-hmm. I don't find myself skipping over too much on Let It Be. So I, I think maybe somewhere in the middle. And, you know, maybe the film did help to, uh, you know, boost my opinion of it a little bit, just because you know, a lot of those songs, you hear them seven, eight or nine times you know, while they're working on them in the movie and they kind of work their way into your subconscious a little bit. Well, I have to admit that when Let It Be Naked came out, I liked The Long and Winding Road a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of my favorite albums, but uh, thank you so much for joining us, John. It's John M. Borak and The Beatles 100, 100 Pivotal Moments in Beatles History. It was fantastic to talk to you about The Beatles, just uh, great stuff. Same here. Stephen, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this teaser, have a listen to the complete podcast episode on your favorite podcast provider. Please follow, subscribe, and share. And thanks for listening to All Music Podcasts, a member of Pantheon Media. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.